Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. This episode of Law Enforcement Today brought to you by Galls.com. We're thrilled to have them on board, sponsoring episodes of our podcast and radio show, sponsoring our app. And they've been in business for 50 years, 50 years serving first responders and law enforcement community. They're industry leaders. They've got a huge online catalog, everything you could ever want. Goals.com. Check them out. Their catalog is spectacular. Everything for even like a retired guy like me to active guy like Robert, men, women, they've got everything you could ever need between tactical gear, clothing, footwear, everything. Also be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. On the phone, I've got uh, two gentlemen uh, from the Investigation Discovery Channel talking about their new television series, which, by the way, I got to watch the first episode uh, before it's released to the public uh, called Homicide City. We have special guests I'm honored to have on the show, Greg Palmer and Gino McDermott. They're both executive producers of the brand new television series, Homicide City, which is on the Investigation Discovery Channel. And uh, by the way, I've seen one of the episodes. It hasn't been released yet. Good job. They do an awesome job. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. First of all, kudos to the show. I watched the one that Sophia sent out, I guess, a, a publicity one, uh, and it's an episode involving a robbery, homicide at a restaurant. I'm not going to go into details. It was very, very well done. My hat's off to you guys. And I'll be honest, I watch a lot of your Thank shows. You. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And my wife, by the way, is a huge fan of Investigation Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, I think, the number one network for women, so um, we, we, we love making program for ID. Is it okay that I like it, too? <laughs> um, well, you're not the target audience, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> You know, but listen, we'll take your we'll take your eyeballs too if you're going to watch it. As a retired police officer, police sergeant, I can tell you that some of these, and I'm not saying your show, but sometimes they go through the the mechanisms with the actors that do reenactment. I know you can't be 100 percent accurate, but the guys who did your episode that I watched were spot on. They did a really, really good job. My hats mm-hmm. off to the actors. Please tell them I said thank you very much. Definitely, definitely will. We uh, we go to great lengths to try to. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time with the actual detectives as we're producing these things. And you have such respect for what they do and you feel a kind of personal responsibility to them that we're, you know, obviously it's a recruit show. We always want to be sure that we do justice to them as individuals as well as police officers. You know, we take that very seriously. And I'm glad you do because it, one of the things I've always been saying is that as police officers, we've become too reliant on other people to tell our stories. And some of these stories are so profound that, that we need to tell them ourselves. So when someone like you and uh, your show goes to great lengths to do an accurate portrayal, it is very, very deeply appreciated. What day in uh, time frame is the show on? It's going to be on Wednesday nights at 10 on uh, ID. 
You're going to like it, folks. Check it out. And I'm a big fan of many, many shows, but we'll talk about those later. Sophia knows I have a wish list of people that I want to interview uh, from Investigation Discovery Channel. Let's start with some general questions. Greg, you're the executive producer. How long have you been involved with producing uh, television dramas, crime dramas, recreation stories? I've been doing shows for about the last 10, 15 years, dealing with crime and all kinds of other different all the different genres, but yeah, for quite some time now. Did you start off in the crime drama series? I started off, uh, I actually started off in the commercial world and then um, I kind of got tired of selling soap and uh, deodorant and started getting involved in um, more of the storytelling. And I think that, you know, in, in the world of storytelling and TV, I think that these crime dramas and, you know, miss whether, whether they be a, um, Missing persons cases or unsolved cases, cold cases. I think they have it. You know, the storytelling is just it's just a different level than a home renovation show. Or it allows you to really get dig deep and get to know people and have real stories. And there's a real, you know, there's a real whodunit aspect to it. So um, it's something I just really, I really was interested in. Phenomenal job, by the way. And I imagine. Let's say you're at a, a cocktail party and people say, oh, you're a television producer. What do you produce? And you go, I produce crime dramas. And they go, how, how did you get into that? Yeah, I generally have the best stories at the party, too. I'll, I'll <laughs> bet you do. One of the questions I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask Gino a little bit later on, or maybe you both can answer. Has your opinion and perception of law enforcement officers changed as a result of working in this field? Oh, yeah. Let me, let me take that. Yeah. Sure. Um, yes, for sure. Uh, Blackfin, which is our production company, uh, was launched by producing I Am Homicide for ID and, you know, spending a lot of time with detectives um, and hearing their stories. I think they're very modest in the sense that you don't realize that these are guys that are they have families or, you know, they're, they have families, they have they have households to look after, yet they can be called at any moment. 24-7 to, to investigate a murder and in the midst of investigating one murder, get a call to investigate another one and then another one and then another one and then they have to figure out how to get to their kids, you know, basketball game or things like that. So we, we definitely have a lot of respect for the men and women, you know, working in law enforcement and like Greg said, this is something we we really take pride in when we when we tell our stories uh, via these shows. And you do a good job at it. Uh, it's just it's a shame that so many other media outlets, and I don't want to categorize it with a broad brush, but when you look at dramas and fiction, for example, they they portray law enforcement officers in a totally different light, in a different way. We all seem to have, for example, these really cool industrial loft designed condos and sports cars and then we're involved in horrific violence and shootings and we're knocking down whiskey afterwards chasing women and everything's fine and that's not the reality of what this job is like or the impact it has on them at all yeah and it's just honestly for us it's just amazing that they're able to like you know detectives and law enforcement are able to have like normal lives um and keep all that No, not normal lives, but they're able to do normal, they're able to like, you know, have dinner with us and stuff and keep all that stuff packed away. And then, you know, until you actually start to interview them and and get into the stories, you, you slowly start to realize, like, I can't believe that these people, you know, that people are, are 
doing this type of work. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's a struggle to, to maintain your humanity and maintain that uh, close emotional bond. A lot of times with family members and intimate friends that aren't associated with the job because it, it can become all consuming, especially a lot of the cases that you are documenting in the show. Yeah. We have some detectives too, that in their careers, they actually would act like they didn't have kids or they didn't have, you know, um, a family just so that no one would come after their family. You know, they would actually play that. They would actually play that card um, too, because of course they're always under threat as well when they're investigating these cases. I got to remember that happened to me in a way, a a brief story. I was detailed to the United States DEA as U S Marshal out of Baltimore. And uh, I was in one of their, covert cars driving that around and i was heading to my apartment where my fiance and i lived at the time in an area called charles village in baltimore and there's an area of something like the like philly where some of your episodes are with row houses and the porches that are joined and there were two gentlemen on our front porch one of them was one of the subjects involved in the investigation that i've been involved in for a long time so it turns out it, they were looking for the wrong place but Oftentimes, especially in interviews and interrogations, I represented myself as a single guy with no kids, so they couldn't turn around. Because some of the real hardcore criminals could turn around and redirect and uh, so and move the focus off them and that incident to your family. Yeah, we've in the past like developing shows. We've actually tried to develop shows about where like the the detective actually starts to be the one that's followed by the you know by the suspect. So that there's definitely stories out there of you know crazy scenarios where there that are. happens. I, we had a, yeah. a couple officers in Baltimore that were killed that way uh, off duty. They were followed yeah. by by criminals. We're gonna take a short break. We are talking with Greg Palmer, executive producer, and Gino McDermott, producers for the new television series Homicide City on Investigation Discovery Channel. The gentleman, you said it's on Wednesday evenings. What time? Uh, 10 p.m. on Investigation Discovery. All right, we're going to take a short break. Folks, listen to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. We have a killer among us. It kills indiscriminately, without regard to age, gender, socioeconomic status, or race. This deadly problem has hit epidemic proportions. It's drug and alcohol abuse. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, there is hope. Check out Serenity Oaks Wellness Center. Make the free confidential call for more information. 888-910-1680. That's 888-910-1680. Online at serenityoakswellness.com. Remember in the beginning? When you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. 
Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? News flash, the president has changed the tax laws and now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today Show. Joined by, I feel so so important now i'm being joined by greg palmer executive producer and gino mcdermott producer for new television series homicide city on the investigation discovery channel gentlemen i gotta tell you i almost feel like i'm auditioning here well you actually i was thinking like we should cast you for for a show because you sound great i i gotta i gotta tell you the truth i sit there and i practice at night trying to do the voiceovers for your shows so i'm that corny cheesy guy (laughs) Uh, you, you, you sound great, but do, you sound great, but do you look great? No, that's why I'm in radio. I have a face for radio and a figure to match. Absolutely, absolutely. I love your show. Some of the stories that you portray uh, are they all going to be associated with one city or different collections of cities? I, I actually grew up in. Uh, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. My parents are both from Philadelphia, so the reason why the show was developed is just purely because I'm from the area. And, you know, we we started this by just doing general casting in the Philly area to see, like, hey, what's there? Can we develop a show? And, you know, a year went by, two years went by, and what came out of it on uh, working with our partners at Investigation Discovery was Homicide City. Season one um, exists solely in, in Philadelphia for six episodes, six different cases, um, a different case each episode. And, you know, obviously in success, if there's a season two, we could either stay in Philly or, or look at other cities too um, via the series. One of the things about Philadelphia, and I'm not an expert on Philly by any means, but there's a lot of similarities to Baltimore in the housing, in the people, and, and I hate to say it this way, in the amount of violence that happens in the cities as well. Yeah, and I think, I think what Homicide City does is that Obviously, you have the inner city and then you have the suburbs. And I think the reason for developing this show was that we were interested in seeing how crime travels between the suburbs and between the inner city, because the inner city always is the one that gets the bad rap. But the suburbs, you know, there's crimes committed in the suburbs as well. So that's kind of what we look at here 
in this series. Certainly the suburbs are not immune. And quite often, I always said criminals travel between light rail, metro, transportation, and stolen cars. So if you live in a nice neighborhood, uh, it's affluent, you quite often can be a target for violent crime that no one is immune from it. Yeah, actually, the, um, the original title for the show was called The Tracks because we were following, we were using, you know, literally what you just said, trains, public transportation, things like that to track crime. And then it kind of morphed into a homicide city, just a bigger look. Now, how did you guys get this idea? It, 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 I'm sure you didn't sit down, you know, having a beer and say, oh, we're going to do this. And then it all got worked out from there. It's probably a long process of making this thing go through different stages of development. Yeah, well, what, you know, kind of the development process, the way it works is you kind of, you know, just as simple as what I said earlier, that I'm just from Philadelphia and I've always wanted to find a show there. And, you know, we just start doing general research and you just start finding different detectives that have recently retired. You start reaching out, start asking questions and saying, hey, you know, let's let's hear your story. And essentially what we do is we, we write uh, treatments which have these stories in them, we, we'll shoot some stuff, shoot some interviews, and then we'll, we'll present it to a place, you know, we'll present it to investigation discovery and say, hey, is this something you're interested in doing, form of like a pitch. Okay. Um, and then we'll work together to kind of make the series, you know, something that they are willing to air together. But how long does it take you to create one episode from start to finish? Well, we, we normally do it as far as seasons go, um, but an episode, I guess, yeah, we do it. We do them as a big batch. So I'd say we started Homicide City in April of last year, and they're airing. I guess we wrapped them up right before, right around the holidays. So um, was it eight months, something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, about eight months to to get six episodes out the door. Okay, so it's a rather lengthy a lot, process. A lot, a lot of research. And how many detectives and law enforcement people have you used their stories from in the six episodes? Is that just one detective per episode, or is it a couple? No, no. There's a number. Uh, there's a number of detectives per episode. I think that was that was the thing that I think I got the most kick out of. I knew very little about Philly going into this whole series. What I really enjoyed was, you know, you you. It's about gaining trust, right, with detectives or with anyone for that matter in this industry. So uh, meeting one detective, starting to develop that relationship, and all of a sudden you're you know referred to so and so and so and so, and you start to build this web of individuals that you're working with and trust you. And so these stories kind of came from different routes. You know, um, Sergeant Britt, who I think you'll be speaking with later on, pointed a couple of these stories out to us. And generally, we're talking to, I'd probably say, three or four different detectives per episode. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been great talking with them and working with them. As you said earlier, your perception of law enforcement people has changed. And, and it sounds like you guys hold them in, in rather high esteem, which I'm glad to hear. Right now, I'm sure that there are if you haven't learned this already about police is that we have lots of stories and and some of them, you know, we call them war stories and they get embellished and there's very lots of funny stories. There's also a lot that we don't talk about that are very painful, very sad, uh, very traumatic stories. But some of these people listening right now are going, they need to have a show about me and what I've done. Do you get pitched like that by active retired police? Uh, yes. And I think, I think what it comes down to is, you know, every, everyone has a story. Everyone has a story to tell. And I, I, I guess now what it comes down to is like, just a matter of like, Hey, you know, how good, how good are you at telling that story? And that, that actually really goes into the way that we, that we, you know, produce these shows is, 
you know, storytelling, captivating storytelling is very important. And, you know, if we have the detectives on this series are very good at telling their stories um, and it's able to drive our recreations and everything else so that you stay interested when you're watching, you know, the entire episode. And for people who don't live in Philadelphia, I, I want them to encourage them to watch this because this isn't unique to just that part of the United States. These stories are happening across the United States and in many, many different areas. Is that the case you found? Yes, for sure. And I think also to what just happened with the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I think that's a good reason for them to watch the show too. <laughs> you had to throw that in there. You had I'm I'm a, I'm a Ravens guy and you had to go with the Eagles. But look, congratulations because that's your first Super Bowl win, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. We're just we're just we're just starting out though. It's we're, it's you know, more to come. And I grew up I'm significantly older than you guys, I suspect. I grew up in Virginia, so I started following and became a rabid uh, or I should say a, a very passionate Washington Redskins fan. And I remember the rivalries as a kid between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Redskins, and they were epic. Yep, yep, yes, they were. Not, um, but not so much now. Not recently, though. The Red, I said not recently. The Redskins haven't been looking that good. Hey, now you're really heaping it on. You guys are just full <laughs> of the insults here. Greg Palmer and Gino McDermott, I want to thank you so very much for coming on the show. Again, the name of the show is Homicide City. And right now, the first season you said is about Philadelphia. You might expand to other seasons and other areas. Yep, but we could keep it, also keep it in Philadelphia, too. It's, you know, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of stories there. I have a, a niece and a nephew that go to a university in, in Philly, and uh, they're very good, by the way. But I had a good friend in 1990. Son's name was David. He was a medical student, and he witnessed a robbery and tried to help, and he was shot and killed. And uh, those kind of stories that we tend to forget with this news cycle being 24 hours and so rapid and ever-changing, I want to thank you for, A, bringing attention to these stories, B, for showing how much effort goes into solving these cases, that they don't happen you know, within 10 minutes and also showing the stories of those behind the investigations. Uh, very good job. Thank you very hey, thanks, much. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate that. Again, tell the folks what time and what day they can see Homicide City. So that's Wednesdays at uh, 10 p.m. on Investigation Discovery. And if they have great show ideas, don't bother calling you and harassing you, correct? <laughs> I, think they, I think they should call them into your show and then maybe yeah. you can pitch them to oh, that's it they can call me I'll screen them and I'll get in touch with you guys thanks so much have an awesome day <laughs> thanks a lot you too we're going to take a short break a reminder be sure to check out our store law enforcement today online go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com or our Facebook page do a search for law enforcement today on our store you'll find all kinds of great gear clothing hats all kinds of stuff. And we've got a special for our listeners. When you check out at the discount code, put in radio. That's R-A-D-I-O. Radio and discount code at checkout at our website and save money. Great special offers and discounts available for our listeners. Remember, put radio in the discount code at the checkout at our store online, lawenforcementtoday.com. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back in just a few. We have a killer among us. It kills indiscriminately without regard to age, gender, socioeconomic status, or race. This deadly problem has hit epidemic proportions. It's drug and alcohol abuse. 
If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, there is hope. Check out Serenity Oaks Wellness Center. Make the free confidential call for more information. 888-910-1680. That's 888-910-1680. Online at serenityoakswellness.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. Joining us on the show from Philadelphia, we have retired Philadelphia Police Sergeant William Britt. To call you Bill, William, Sarge, what do you prefer? Bill. Bill's Bill. good. Okay. Yeah, I retired Sergeant from Baltimore and no one calls me Sarge. I try to get my wife right. to call me Sarge. She won't do it. She doesn't go for that at all. No sense of humor whatsoever. Right. right. By the way, she outranks me by one no matter, no matter what. You are one of the investigators... Your story's being told in the new television series, Homicide City, on Investigation Discovery Channel. I believe that's on Wednesday nights. And uh, how many episodes are you involved in, Bill? I'm in uh, three. Two, I actually supervised the investigation. And the third, I was the uh, fugitive squad supervisor that was uh, tasked with finding the murderer. All right, and we don't want to go into details. I, I did see one of the episodes. Uh, Sophia sent me uh, a release so I could watch it, and I, I, I got to tell people, it's very, very well done. Sometimes I can be very critical. Being retired police, I can be very critical of crime, drama, reality shows that do reenactments because quite often they miss the boat by a long way. But these shows that I've seen done a spot-on job, and uh, if you've been part of that, man, thanks so much because – the representation is is phenomenal. Yeah, there was a sneak peek on New Year's Day, and I, I was very happy with what I saw. They, they did a good job, and I, I'm sure you've watched some of these other ones that go, man, I, I can't watch television shows. I can't watch movies about policing. Go, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. You guys got it down. One of the things that I find very interesting, and I'm sure – people as they watch a show we're going to find interesting is the dynamics what it takes for the investigators none of these cases are wrapped up and solved in five minutes and i think the television series homicide city does a really good job portraying how much work how much effort how much dedication is involved in solving these cases absolutely absolutely i i was impressed you've been in policing i can say this you're at a department now, we can't say which department, but you retired from the Philadelphia Police Department. How long were you a police officer or sergeant there? I uh, joined Philadelphia Police in December of 1979, and I left there to come to another department in February of 2013. So I actually just hit my uh, five-year mark in, in my new department. And so you did, was it 30-some-odd years? 33 years with Philly, and I just started my uh, 39th year. Wow. In city policing. 
Can I call? Can I say this? Are you're like a stud, man. That that's no small task. <laughs> Pulling off that many years of service and police work in a major American city. How do you keep your sanity? Uh, I go to the shore a lot in the summertime. So if I idea. can sit on the beach, I'm fine. Let's talk about how you made the transition from being a police sergeant, an inspector, a detective, to a television star. Is that an easy transition for you? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my experience in homicide, uh, when I first went there as a sergeant, we, we were tasked with doing a lot of the media coverage. So at, at every scene, just about, you would have to, when it was time to go, the press would be outside. You would just come out and give them a little something. So I, I, was, I was pretty well at ease with dealing with the press. And the way this uh, show was filmed, it was pretty much like that. We used to call a lot of our homicide attacks in Baltimore, Hollywood, because one out of every four or five just seemed to have a better command of the television camera because they were in front of it quite often. So that was a, a nickname we gave many of them and was done with, as a term of endearment. Uh, did you get that nickname at all as a detective or anybody in your squad was known as a Hollywood type guy? Not really. I mean, it, the way we worked there, I mean, that was a function I had to perform dealing with the press and every so often the detectives would. But uh, we worked as a team, so it was pretty much, you know, we stood together and stood out together. So tell us a little bit about, you're in three episodes, without giving away details, can you give an overview of, like, the first one? Uh, The first episode we filmed was uh, Society Hill. Two jewelers were found murdered in their home, and it was a whodunit. Uh, we they had a gain entry. There was no forced entry, and it, it was a pretty gruesome scene. You you knew looking around, you had your work cut out for you because there were so many red flags that it could have taken you in ten different directions as to what what could have caused this. And eventually, it was solved. About how long did it take in, in real time to put cuffs on someone? Actually. Uh, it took years, but that, that didn't mean we didn't know who did it. It took years to get the final piece to be able to uh, present it to the DA's office uh, for an approval. That's one of the most frustrating things I've tried to explain to people that aren't in law enforcement. They're saying, how come everybody knows so-and-so did it? How come they were never arrested? And trying to explain to them, knowing someone did something, and having evidence or probable cause to charge them are two different things. Has that been, I'm sure it's been a, uh, a source of frustration for you and your squad mates for years. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's not solved until somebody's in handcuffs, but you know who did it. And, and unfortunately, there's sometimes where you're never going to be able to prove it because you just don't have the corroborating witnesses. A drug house murder. There's no credible witnesses, even though they saw what they saw. They're not going to hold up in court, or, or uh, you know, they OD and pass away, and you lose them. Things of that nature. It's tough. And then you'll finally get somebody who says, "Hey, I want to make a deal. I can tell you about this." And then all the pieces fall together. 
that's the one thing that we wait for forever and ever in some of these cases. And when you say a real whodunit, we use that term quite a bit. Sometimes we call them red ball, where it's like a, a stranger homicide and you have nothing to link the suspect with the victim and it makes it that much harder right uh now i'm I'm not sure i can't really recall the exact term we used and the way i declare this is a whodunit i mean you have the domestic ones you have uh, the robbery stuff like that but when you show up at a scene and there's nothing jumping out at you and it could be anything and then you actually have to take a bio of the uh, victims and and rebuild their lives and every contact everybody their neighbors their friends their enemies it's a long list sometimes and it's it's painstaking and takes forever i was never a homicide detective Uh, i'd handle many as a patrolman as a sergeant and then working with those guys so we get to see the amount of effort that went into and just say for example you have a witness who's not cooperative that they would re-interview and re-interview and re-interview and uh, it, people get so frustrated and say how come there's no one in handcuffs right now is there some sort of favoritism or so and one of the things that that i'm sure you would address i hear all the time is well they're not investigating because that person was living a lifestyle like uh they were uh, in the drug scene or they were in prostitution how accurate is that not really. It's not accurate at all. I mean, that may have attributed to their their death, but we work homicide, every homicide, as, as if they, they could be a saint or a sinner. The idea is to solve it and to, to arrest the right person, not just clear it, but put the right person behind bars. I'm glad you said that. I knew that answer but I wanted to come straight from your mouth. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Uh, We are speaking with retired Philadelphia Police Sergeant William Britt, uh, one of the stars of the new television show, Homicide City on Investigation Discovery. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We have a killer among us. It kills indiscriminately without regard to age, gender, socioeconomic status or race this deadly problem has hit epidemic proportions it's drug and alcohol abuse if you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse there is hope check out serenity oaks wellness center make the free confidential call for more information 888-910-1680 that's 888-910-1680 Online at SerenityOaksWellness.com. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 3ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.the3ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 3ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. 
Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread. Payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychecks payroll specialist. And you're done! Learn more at trypaychecks.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-375-3164. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now. 877-375-3164. That's 877-375-3164. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today show. I'm John J. Wiley. Remember, folks, check out our store, lawenforcementtoday.com. And uh, when you check out, put in the discount code, put RADIO, R-A-D-A-I-O, for special offers and discounts. Retired Philadelphia Police Sergeant William Britt on the phone from Philly. By the way, congratulations to the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia. You, you folks have waited, it seemed like, a, a lifetime for this. Uh, it's about time. Yeah. Finally, the plays that beat us, we beat the Patriots with. It's, uh, you guys it, did. It, it was something to see. And not that I want to talk football, but there was like no defense in that game. What happened? Uh, that shocked me on both sides of the ball. Well, it was a shootout, and Nick Foles was better that day. It was. But they can't say we built a, beat an inferior team because no. Tom Brady was on top of his game. He just wasn't good enough. So was it like crazy after the victory in the city? Yes. It was, well, it's the first time in the Super Bowl's 52 years old. Yeah. So that's how long we've been waiting to win a Super Bowl. And I remember watching the first one as a very, very little boy. So uh, I guess uh, that means you and I have been around quite a while. We're going to talk Absolutely. more about the show Homicide City. First of all, my hat's off to producers and everybody involved with the show. And your stories are involved in three of the episodes. Walk us through like a bird's eye view of, of how they develop the storyline they sit down and talk with you. Do you have the case file in front of you? How does that go from idea to actual filming? I didn't get involved in it until they were already looking at the Zimmerman case. And uh, the assigned detective let them know that it would be a good idea to speak with me. So they reached out to me. I was more than happy to be a part of it. And then we went in and probably sat, like, like you say, sitting around a table talking for a good half hour 40 minutes and uh then then it was time to go in the other room and film so everything was fresh in my mind it was good some of those stories can be difficult to tell to people that have not worked in law enforcement do you find that to be the case with yours 
yes, it's great. You know, a lot of the cases that we've investigated would keep the average person awake at night because there are, you see how it could happen to anyone, and and you never know. So, you know, over the years I've had to uh, curtail the stories. I mean, doing press conferences and all, people will come up and ask you about what you just talked about. Uh, I've been involved in running a lot of uh, police murders, and, and they're high profile. So you end up on TV all the time with them. And it's very, very difficult for me, even to this day, to talk about guys that I worked with who were killed in line of duty without getting emotional. So when the homicide detectives have to be in front of the television crews at the news press releases, I've always been impressed that they're able to articulate the facts and keep that part buried somehow. Is that difficult? It, it is, but you have a job to do. And, you know, the last thing you want to do would be to misspeak and screw something up. So you have to be professional. And what made it a little easier is usually by the time we got to that point, we've been awake for a week. (laughs) So you're sort of on auto drive and you get in front of the cameras, you say what you have to say, answer any questions, and then you go back to work. And how many hours on average do you think it would be that, what's the longest stretch you did from start to finish? Oh, geez. Looking at police murders, I'd say there were times on a couple of them where the first 30-some hours before I went home to take a shower and come back to work, where you you don't leave. You don't take no for an answer, and you don't go home. That's something else I could never seem to get through to my friends who are not law enforcement, don't come from a law enforcement background. The amount of time that goes in on the start of a case, because it's not like you can walk away from a lot of these, especially homicides, because the evidence trail starts to grow cold. The, the witnesses become harder to find. Um, they start losing memory. How much commitment did it take for you over 33 years? I mean, you had to, you had to sacrifice a lot of time away from your family. I, I did. I have a, a great wife and... What you end up doing is you have to change your lifestyle. If there's something you absolutely have to do, you have to take the day off. You can never come to work and say, I'm going to leave a little early tonight. We have a family party. Because the next thing you know, that somebody machine guns a deli. There's no way you can do that. So it it was a lot. Or you sacrifice your sleep. You work around the clock and then drive your kids to upstate New York for a soccer tournament. That's just what you have to do that's part of the commitment so i guess your time in the shore right now is really really crucial and vital oh absolutely it's my oasis no matter what's going on in my life if i can sit on the beach and look at the ocean it recharges my batteries i'm glad to hear that you you have that outlet um i want to get back to the show homicide cities the first case was zimmerman case what was the second uh the 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 second case that I actually supervised was we had a girl who was nine months pregnant. It was the night before her due date, and she was shot and killed, and uh, brutally shot and killed inside her house, and her father came home and found her. And she was nine months pregnant, and the baby naturally died because she died. 
and Pennsylvania had just uh, adopted a law for murder of an unborn child, where you kill the mother and, and the baby dies. And this guy that, that did this, we caught, and it, it was another one where you ran, I'm telling like seven days straight, we ran nonstop, going through every aspect of this girl's life. And the last guy we came to was the guy. And uh, he was found guilty in his, uh, doing two life sentences for a murder of her and murder of the unborn child. I've always found the crime, violent crime, especially with children and babies, to be even harder to handle than, all of them were tough, to be honest with you, but those were really, really tough to handle. Uh, absolutely. It, in my mind, kids and old people. An old person lived their whole life and dies horribly, or a child that never hurt anybody and is brutally murdered. Those those are the ones that you really, really don't want to go unsolved. And how long did it take you to solve that one? The murder of the unborn child, I, I, within two, under two weeks. But that was an everyday, 16-hour day, every aspect, every friend, ex-boyfriends. I mean, everybody, everybody we, we, we made contact with. And the last and, uh, one, yeah, the, the third episode you're involved in is regarding what case? That was a triple murder that we got involved in. We helped out with the crime scene and things of that nature, but it wasn't my squad. And then once uh, they got a warrant, then we were involved on the fugitive end of it, and uh, we ended up uh, making the arrest. I'm sitting here listening to your stories, Bill, and... I, I can't help but relate to a lot of them because I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember especially doing surveillance. Uh, people confuse it in the media all the time as, as undercover, and that's not what it was. It was, you know, in plain clothes, in unmarked cars, maybe not even resembling police cars, for eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours, being afraid to go to the bathroom because you might miss the guy you're watching. Uh, so. When you're doing the fugitive work, my hat's off because that's that's another specialty in police work that really doesn't get the credit it deserves. Absolutely, and, and unfortunately, the way they document a clearance rate for a police department, it may be solved, and you might be looking for Bill Britt, and we have a warrant on the books. If I'm not in handcuffs, you cannot count that as a cleared murder, so it doesn't change your stats one iota. And if you're on the run, uh, we used to work primarily with the U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force. We work with the FBI Task Force as well, but primarily we were outfitted vehicles and equipment by the U.S. Marshals, and we were all uh, deputized, special deputies. Retired Police Sergeant, Philadelphia Police Sergeant, William Britt, star of this show. I say star with utmost respect because... Coming from a police background, one of the sources of people I don't really like talking to, there's two in general. One would be defense attorneys. Number two is the news media or television crews. So I want to thank you, A, for your service to the people of Philadelphia and the state of Pennsylvania, uh, all those years of hard work and, and effort. And I also want to thank you for really working with the crew at Investigation Discovery to put out a, a world-class television series called Homicide City. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. One of the questions I get all the time, especially when we're talking to other radio stations 
about adding a law enforcement today radio show to their lineup. What is your show all about? And it's not what most people would think. It's not confrontational. You know how Investigation Discovery Channel has all these shows about investigations and people have a curiosity about police. Well, we feature police officers, law enforcement officers, active, retired, spouses, family members, and supporters talking about their experiences from their point of view. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd love to hear from and we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya.